When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, podcast number 14, here we go. Woo! Yeah. This podcast brought to you by <laughs> Charisma University. We need that because this video sucks. How to be charismatic, week, man. In 30 days, guaranteed. We had the most disappointing video launch in in probably three months today. My Avengers video just. <laughs> it's an exercise in self love. Can you love yourself when the views are down? No, man, you, that's completely conditional, which brings me to my first topic. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading a book, and it makes the point that I think you we talk about and know, but it just says it bluntly, that people do not want to be unconditionally happy, like our anti-unconditional happiness. And you can test this if you ask yourself, would you be happy if, if I told you that you could be happier on average, but Charisma on Command would not exist and you had to work a day job? Would you take it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'd rather be sad and have the thing that I think makes me happy, which is Well, you pre you preframe that pretty hard, so I knew the answer. <laughs> I knew... But I think if you had caught me in a moment of vulnerability. Oh, just of life, right? That's what I mean. Yeah, like not a aggressive and, persuade. And he just it's it's he's a, he's actually a good writer. This is another thing I noticed. Simple sentences cuz I've been doing I've read 193 applications for writers man the way that we teach people to write is so unfortunate yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's there's you read it there was a, there was a sentence that was five lines long yeah with three commas a witch and and a therefore and yeah 19 syllable word crazy and this guy writes in five five word sentences and there's just a lot of them strung together and it's so understandable so refreshing and come yeah, yeah. to after reading these but anyway well no i mean that's been a, i've been reading books on marketing and that's the number one takeaway i had simple like, sentences just, this sentence you have, it's 17 words and has a comma. Yeah. Make it 10 words. Yeah. And make it so an idiot would understand exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah. And I was like, oh, why do I write so flowery? Yeah. It's it's not even the size of the words. It's the length of the sentences. Yeah. yeah. I realized. You can have, because you can use interesting descriptors, but you've got to just put periods where you think yeah, commas platypus are. excavated the dig. <laughs> totally acceptable <laughs> sentence. Very Except few words. None of those things come together. But yeah, so this, this, it was interesting. I was thinking about it. The paradox of happiness in that we don't get it because we really don't want it. What we want is to have a beautiful... Well, I actually almost wonder. To... I almost wonder if it's because people's belief systems are so strong that they can't believe that that's a real option. Like when presented with the, "Would you rather be happier working a day job?" It enters into my ears, and it just goes, "Well, that's not. That's well, gibberish." Well, like, so does every even... study on happiness that tells you money after seventy. You know that that's the case, but I, I, two things are happening. Yes, you think that your beliefs around happiness are better than reality. Like, you've experienced that additional money doesn't matter, yeah. yet we'll continue to pursue <laughs> it. <laughs> and you've experienced that there's a lot of things that – a lot of decisions you make do not bring you yeah, happiness. Yeah. You have first let's go with my, Let's go with dating. dating. Let's go with, let's the, go with repeat, dating. The going on lots of, of dates and dating time will yeah, yeah. not make you The data you is not looking good. <laughs> the data has been, it's been out – it's been completely on lock. Yeah. Yet you will continue to pursue it because the belief is so strong. And this is the other point that he makes – 
is that the resistance to change in people is one of the strongest psychological forces. Sure. Like just simply not wanting things to be different yeah. is so powerful. Well, that's one of the most common things that I get asked charisma-wise. Like, how do I be more charismatic, but I don't want to change anything about who I am? <laughs> so I don't want to change my sense of humor, yeah. my delivery, my body language, but I want people to like me more. I'm like, okay, that's not how it works. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're reacting to all the things you just described. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't want to change who I am. Like, well, who you are isn't necessarily how loudly you speak. Yeah. And then, but, yeah, the, people and then really don't want to change. the marketing material surrounding all of that has to be, you know, it's not your fault. And you can do this without changing. And, yeah, and yeah. you have to, like, well, trick people. The number one, thing, people the number one into... thing people like to hear is that it eventually becomes habit. That's the reassurance that people yeah. love. It's like, listen, this feels weird now. But in 30 days, it won't feel weird. It'll mm. feel exactly like you feel now, but it'll be different habits. And that's what people really like. I find like that the try the puppy of, works well, which is just try this for today yeah. and we'll throw it out at the end of the day. If for any reason you don't like it, we're going to completely go yeah, back yeah, yeah. to being monotone and boring. We're just going to, you know, be loud and outgoing just to see. Yeah. And that one often will give people to give it a try. Yeah, yeah. that one's <laughs> the most powerful for, I forget what day it is. It might even be day one where people, when you get asked, how are you? Yeah. And you answer, I'm fantastic instead yeah. of I'm good. Yeah, yeah. That's the one where everybody's like, I thought it was going to feel weird and it was amazing. Yeah. So. So, but he's got that and he's, I've done a video on this, but he's very concise and powerful in the way that he writes about it. He's a psychotherapist and he's a spiritual guy. And he says. Define spiritual guy. He defines spirituality on page one as the pursuit of happiness. Just like okay. what works in this world to feel good. is That's his version of spiritual. And truth, I Would think, is the other. Would you say this guy's wearing pants or a flow, like a flowing white robe? How spiritual are we talking? I don't know. Jeans, jeans or? <laughs> I think he lives in the world. He okay. lives in the world. And he also says spirituality is truth, is wanting to know the truth of reality, no matter what it is. Truth and happiness. Truth and happiness. No dogma. Well, I, a dogma can creep in there, but at least not in the way that he purports to to practice it. And so what, so what he says is spirituality is defined by truth and happiness, and psychotherapy are at total odds. And he's found after where he was very into psychotherapy and helping people, he realized that he was not helping them with the big picture because people would come in with messed up relationships, and they say that they want a cure, but what he's found is what they want is relief. So he would give them tools and you know, here's how you can manage this and stay. And they would stay together. And his realization was people don't want to change. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be happy. The only thing that can potentially make them want to be happy is if they suffer enough. Yeah, yeah. Is if it gets so Dude, bad I'm, and I'm, they get so fed up that they just go, all right, I'll try, and, I'll try something new. <laughs> Dude, someone, someone close to me had a family member commit suicide. Wow. And she's in grief. Mm. And I, you know, first of all, it's totally okay to be upset. So I'm not trying to rush her through it. But she'll say, like, I want to get out of this mm -hmm. with her words. Yeah. And then I will give her the contact to my ayahuasca person. I reached out to a bunch of friends who are mental health experts. And I yeah. came back with the best books, somatic therapists, all this stuff. And when I presented to her, I'm like, do you think this would help? Yes. Okay, do you want to do it? Yeah, but not right now. Mm. And it's just fascinating because I think part of her wants to be in grief, feels yeah. either guilty that moving on would mean she didn't love him or she forgets or something. There's some sort of belief system. But, yeah, she does not want to change even though she is self-reportedly super down right yeah. now. And so I'm very on board with the first tenet of this, which is you don't want to be happy. Just say so. Yeah. <laughs> it will help you. It will help you to admit that you want to be miserable. That will take you one half of a step closer to, to one day. Yeah, I like that. Being, just just, go, say, just say, listen, I'm not ready. 
I, I need to be I need to be depressed right now. Because I want to be miserable. Serving me somehow. Yes. Yes. And I don't want to take these. I, yes. I think somatic therapy and ayahuasca and this book and grief therapy will all be helpful. But mm -hmm. I don't want to do that right now because I don't want to be happy right now. It's like, OK, I, well, at least we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> I, I only went to ayahuasca when I was miserable after a breakup. I, that was not on my radar of things to ever do. And I was just that was a point in my life where I was so ready for something to be different that I was willing to actually do something transformational yeah, yeah. You know? and there, that doesn't come often in your life it's just funny because you went because you were because you had had a breakup and yeah. you were upset about it and i went because i was in a relationship <laughs> that i didn't want to be in and we were right there together <laughs> holding hands like, so so ridiculous you're like i realized i need to break up with my girlfriend i was like i realized i need to marry my ex <laughs> so funny yeah but so let me see what else i wrote down here we don't want to be unconditional. He, yeah, he's a psychotherapist and that there's this – I've been thinking a lot about this with – talked a little bit about this with charity. But the amount of suffering that in the long term leads to the most happiness is definitely not zero. Yeah. So it's yeah, – yeah. it's, and I see this with rich parents that take care of their kids and yeah. make sure that there's nothing that bad that can happen to them. You, we talk about this privilege. Oh, you're rich. You, your parents may have screwed you if you inherit – 10 million dollars and your entire life knows that there's that fail safe and you never hit a level of suffering or fear that is enough to make you grow and change and it's crazy yeah it's crazy the way that we think about having privileges having money and not having to worry about those things instead of what are the factors that genuinely lead to happiness which you can tell if you see someone who's got 10 million dollars in the bank and is miserable and doing coke all the time and like just empty on the inside something was missing in terms of their yeah, privilege yeah, yeah. versus if you see someone who grew up in a hard thing but whatever life's lessons culminated to give them an outlook that makes them feel good and happy they should be grateful well for i'm sure I've, I'm, I'm positive i've said this before on the podcast but there's that jim carrey quote of like i wish everybody mm. would achieve all the fame mm. and wealth that they desired so they could realize how empty it is yeah and if you have that on your radar you know how when you buy a new car you see that car everywhere mm. if you actually internalize that you'll start to see tons of these anecdotes of people i just saw a george r. r martin interview they were interviewing him then and they said how how's the fame been do you like it do you wish it would go away and he basically says i like the wealth but i wish that all the fame went away yeah he's like i can't go to bookstores anymore that was one of my favorite things to do i can't go to my own conventions because yeah. now instead of true reader fans yeah. who are talking about these nuances i wrote about it's just people coming up to take selfies that don't want to have much of a dialogue he yeah. said it's ruined it he stopped going to all the stuff he used yeah. to love and so, yeah, it's just another example. And of, he may have said that he wanted that at one point. He may, I'm sure, when he was a struggling guy trying to break through, he'd be like, God, to be that guy whose name yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. To, be to be Stephen Tolkien King, or whatever. Or, yeah, to be Tolkien would have been so great. It just, it, I've, I actually thought of the, the Jim Carrey quote when I was doing this last night. Mm -hmm. And I think that the real privilege of what is classically termed privilege is that you get to explore, and if you're not stubborn, see that all those things, like, I've had the opportunity to travel a lot to make money to date a lot of different women to do all of those things and i'm stubborn <laughs> in my learning but i'm getting it i'm yeah. starting to get it and be like there's there's not that mystery of oh if i just had the instagram blue tick i thought that for a minute i thought if yeah, i got that really instagram did. blue tick that things would be different yeah and i truly believe that and i considered i was like what if i just like paid an instagram guy to get it and i got the blue tick then things would be different and yeah, I've, I've had the fortune to get everything 
that I thought that I wanted, and yeah. now I just need to have the good fortune to wake up. Yeah, yeah. And well, I've use told you my this. Eyes. I like having you're my lead blocker, which I really appreciate because I thought the blue tick would matter too. Yeah. And then when you got it and nothing happened, I went, "Oh, cool! I don't have to pursue that anymore." Yeah. I have you up there like being more famous and doing all this stuff, and I just kind of get to watch me like, oh. Oh, this isn't fun. Yeah, none of the things that I thought that I wanted are, are worthwhile. And what's weird is we know it. It's like time spent in nature, time eating food with yeah. loved ones, all of the Dude, things I that you so know. Dude, I am so appreciative that we live on the beach. Like yeah. when I just go surfing and you just sit in the ocean for two hours and you'll just have a random guy you don't know and be like, hey, look, it's a seal. Or mm. dolphins will swim by or whatever. I'm like, oh, my God, this is what actual happiness yeah. is. My, my walk is regularly the best part of my day yeah, yeah. that's i i try to rate things this is a good thing to do is we talked about this rating things in real time like yeah. as you're doing it having an alarm on your phone or in a mental alarm so you're going how happy am i right now because the tendency is when you're done with the date to go oh it was a 10 out of 10 when in the moment it was a six yeah my walks are nines almost every day and i'm always surprised <laughs> well explain this to me because i'm not on those walks so how does that rank as a nine it's just not a 10 because no, I leave 10 open. <laughs> I'm saying nothing can be a nine without me there. Nothing can be a nine. <laughs> I got you. So, yeah. So then the other thing that this made me think, I watched an interview yesterday with uh, Mind Valley guy Vishen Lakani. Yeah, that's and, not how you pronounce it, but go ahead. Sorry. Lakiani. <laughs> <laughs> Lakiani. That was so close. You were great. You're doing great. <laughs> and a woman who runs Daybreaker. I don't remember her name. She's Oh, Daybreakers is the non-alcohol 6 a.m. party. 6 a.m. party. Yeah, my sister loved those. So really interesting, man, and exposed where we messed up and I think continue to mess up in like, oh, we'll have a Charisma University community. And we're like, we'll start a Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she talks about one community as essential to happiness, which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, but two... I have a lot of, I wrote a lot of notes because these are interesting for business. Well, that's and an just, incredible daybreakers for people that don't know what it is. It's a pretty impressive thing because it is normally on a weekday. It's a completely sober party. That's so Wednesday that's at 6 a.m. work. Wednesday at 6 a.m. And is when people they hold love it. They yeah. show up. My sister used to go. She had a regular, she had a, you know, nine to six job or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she would get up and put on a costume and you go do yoga and then dance or whatever yep. it is. 6 a.m. yoga, well, 7 a.m. dance like, till 9. It's the most inconvenient thing you could possibly imagine on a work day. And droves of people show up. Yeah. So it's a very, very impressive thing. So, so how they started it is really interesting. She said she spent 30 to 35 making friends. Like that was her goal was she's like, I don't like my community. I need more community. Wow. She gets this co-founder. I respect that she stuck with that for five years. Yeah. So guess it. So they start Daybreaker by in New York City. It's like December 10th or something. It's the first snowfall in New York, the date that they set. They handpicked of all the people they knew, 300 people. And they spent days going over which people were going to be on this list to do it. 180 of them, which is insane, showed up for an event that didn't exist at 6 a.m. on a Wednesday, the first snowfall in New York City. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And it's – she's like, the effort that I put into cultivating this first one is – is the reason that it exists today because i basically as long as we've been trying to start our business at all it's five yeah. years that's a that's a huge commitment yes yes and then there's there's a, she, a ton of interesting things about community she says ritual which is when you think of church and all that mm -hmm. is so underestimated and particularly entrance rituals and exit rituals so they they really crafted okay when you come into a bar you get id'd you get looked at like a piece of meat are you pretty enough in some clubs in new york you can't even come in mm -hmm. This one, since they don't have to ID, everybody gets a hug. 
So they greet you with a hug, and if you're not cool with a hug, you get a, hand, a high five, and they've worked on what to say if someone doesn't want a hug. So the entrance is a ritual that you come to expect, you get excited for, and it pumps you up. Yeah. During the event, they've purposely thought about dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Yeah. And they've crafted the entire event to have each of these at particular moments. Wow. Yeah, so you get the hug, you got your oxytocin. Okay, the serotonin, they've instructed the DJ to say, talk about how they're part of something larger, how they're part of a bigger thing. You get your endorphins from dancing. The dopamine is from, I forget, something else. And they have them like scheduled, structured. Yeah. And yeah, they end with a purposeful like reading a poem. And it's, it's a different poem every time, but it's you can anticipate it. So just really, really interesting how the experience of this event was highly crafted with psychology in mind yeah and particularly these chemicals and what it takes to get all four of your happy chemicals going and if you do that you have raving fans that's awesome yeah you just go here's your chemical cocktail of happiness yeah, yeah. in three hours you can predict it every time it's a little bit different every do you want to go i'll do a 6 a.m i don't like change <laughs> 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 this, this is a classic example of like yes i would probably be happy but waking up at 6 a.m would be miserable i would check it out though i'll, I'll do it. i just now now the element of consistency is so stuck on me if you'd asked me prior to having said all of this i'd be like no <laughs> way i woke up at 11 10 today man yeah. <laughs> 6 a.m i might as well just stay up until 6 a.m uh but yeah so they got the serotonin they got all that they give their guys Line, one-liners to say which are which are to boost that the other thing is that they're very careful about the language that they use they say she says i think this is the most underrated thing inside words a particular way of speaking to someone that makes that is what crafts like a community and if you think of any subreddit they've got memes that you can't understand there's there's a barrier there's jargon at the very least yeah. there's some sort well, of barrier i actually to question i mean listen she's obviously more of an expert than i am but mm. I question that to some degree because I know, for instance, in like the spiritual world or the ayahuasca world uh, or whatever it might be, they have insider words that pushed me away for a time. They would say things, talk about things like pseudoscience, uh, misuse of what it means to be vibrating atoms and stuff like that or whatever it was. They have like hippy dippy woo woo words that made me go, I don't want to do this. So I think having... Well, what were they trying jargon, to do with those words? This is the question. This is the thing. So certain insider jargon can actually be ostracizing, I think. Who you're speaking to is important. You need to know how to modulate. When you're talking at the event and you're there and 98% of the people are bought in, you got to talk with the woo-woo stuff, man. You got to say it. Yeah, yeah. When but you're I think, inviting your friend to come, you need to know I how to speak to him. I think Landmark Forum does this poorly as well. Yeah. They, they have these code words. Basically, I— I don't want to say anything <laughs> negative about them. Uh, well, I do, but I won't say anything negative about them. But they have words this, that they change. It's a podcast the, for honesty, <laughs> I'm just trying not to get a lawsuit, dude. Yeah. They're very aggressive. Oh, really? Yeah. But anyway, Interesting. Um, they have words that they will change the meaning of or have you use much more than anyone would actually oh, use. Oh, like enrollment? Sure. And so yeah. it's sometimes weird when people I come agree. out of the two-day landmark experience and they're you know super high on it and their diction has changed interesting and then they go to talk to you and you weren't there and you're just like this isn't how humans speak you're misusing these words yeah. you're overusing these words and it's making me feel like you're in a cult yes and that's a very common complaint that they get 
So I'm not trying yes. to. I'm not no, trying no, to take I actually, woman, I think but. it just, I think it adds an element of, I, I think it only reinforces what she's saying. That that buys people in. They're in this, and there's an in group and an out group. Now the question is, how do you manage the fact that the out group is it pushes then, the out group away? Exactly. So how it do you manage? How do you manage that tension? Is is an interesting problem to deal with. Like to recognize that yes, we have these words, but we don't dump these on people. And I think Scientology might have gotten this right and that they kind of walk you up the steps of weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> and like you don't find out until that they seeded volcanoes until the final level. They don't tell people when they come in. They talk about personal development and all this stuff. So maybe it's it's something like that is is what you're aiming for. But I just thought it was interesting. She's clearly built this thing that people are into and she's a designer. This is the other thing that we just don't have. She's like, the aesthetics are so important. What's your font? What's your colors? I'm like, all the fonts. <laughs> Whichever one is default on the current app that I'm using. <laughs> what colors? I don't know. How do I feel that day? Probably black or brown. <laughs> Maybe yellow, blue, green. Yellow, blue, green. Red, who knows? We have no sort of, yeah, I'm just not visual like yeah. that. And we don't, we don't, we have some team members that are good at that, but we haven't felt it into the business. So yeah, we've done a poor job. Yeah. At this point. That's dope though. I'm I'm super game to go to Daybreakers. Yeah, that wasn't the lesson. You're actually <laughs> obligated. You have to now. Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, so I actually saw a comment that we could chat about. I don't know if Angel was going to bring it up. I don't mean to steal. No, your let's thunder. do it. Let's do it. It was so I don't often check them, but I saw this one because it was very. It was quite long. What was it? It was fan comment. Um, and it was a person who had read a book, The Rational Male, about how women want the best for men. Were you going to bring this one up, Angel? Mm-mm. Good. I didn't steal it from you. <laughs> so it was how— We're how, team, dude. You can't—it's not—there's no stealing. He was—he was—he read this book, and it made him think slash realize that women only want to be with men that that advance them, that help them, that give them good things. And, and it made him really think about unconditional love and how it—you know, eventually how that needs to come from within, which I think is a good realization— and what were my thoughts on this idea that that women just want to be with people who advance their position or their happiness or whatever? And my feeling is, yes, but you have to expand the scope of women to people. Yeah. <laughs> so his, I, I could, we could maybe bring up the whole question. I think I'm getting the gist of it. No, no, you're, it's fine. And I think, yeah, two things. One, there, there's a temptation to, to push either sex into this. Oh, they're the ones who are doing this. Everybody just wants – they're just being selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's an it's a inclusive selfishness, which happens to raise the tide for others, and sometimes an exclusive selfishness, which is just at their advantage and your disadvantage. But, yeah, yeah when was the last time you wanted to be with someone that brought you down, you didn't like spending time with because you just thought, I'm going to love you, you pure being, unconditionally? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not women. It's people. And yes, people, what was the complaint that they love? They it, love people that can. It wasn't a complaint. It was a realization that I think people struggle with because they come, if they're lucky, from a mother or a father, if they're lucky as well, that they could poop their pants, scream all day, complain about everything for years, literally years. And that person would still be there with nothing but adoration in their eyes. If you're lucky, you get that when you're an infant. Got it. And that gets built into your head and you start looking for that in the world. Like someone who will just love me at my worst, like everything I do, yeah, no yeah. matter what, because they my see- My least favorite quote ever. <laughs> they, see the, they see what's on the inside. Yeah. Whatever I am is just this pure goodness that they see. And he's, his realization is, no, that doesn't exist after the age of infancy or, yeah. you know, or maybe even with anyone except my parents who would just have the strong parental thing and was- initially i think upset by this realization and then liberated by it because 
you realize that, oh, I can't get that out there. The only one that could possibly do that is the guy who's on this ride with me, which is me. So yeah, what were my thoughts on that? My answer is one, it's not women. It's you, it's people. Who do you want to spend time with? You're not looking to just, you know, lift the worst lowly person yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, and two, yeah, I think you ultimately got the right lesson from it, which is it's got to come from you because no one else wants to give it to you. Yeah. They're going to hang out with you when you make them feel good and when it's, it's you know, convenient to them. This is a random tangent, but it reminds me of, and I'm sure this is both genders, but it, I, I think of the male side because there's a subreddit called Nice Guys. Yeah. Which is just these guys <laughs> that think that they're deserving of the women that they want yeah. for no other reason than that they want them. Yeah. And so they'll message these women who are in relationships being like, you should dump your boyfriend and be with me. Yeah. She's like, uh, no, I love my boyfriend. And they don't just stop there. They then pile on. They're like, no, f that. You should be with me because of these reasons. Like, I'm such a nice guy. Like, f him. It's like, oh, you're a nice guy. F him. That seems like a weird. You don't seem like you're a nice guy. Whatever, slut. And then, yeah, no. And then at the end, they message. Dude, this one guy messages the boyfriend. And it's just, he says, you, you can't be with her. She's right for me you should be with your own kind because they're a mixed race couple or whatever oh my god and it's just like yeah bro i'm pretty sure this is her call not your call <laughs> or my call and it's just amazing because this guy thinks he's the good guy i like when they when they say that they're sluts because they won't sleep with them yeah yeah well that's in general <laughs> in general that is my favorite rejection i had a friend that used to do that yeah. in new york and we'd go out to bars oh god he'd go up and talk to a girl and it wouldn't go well and she'd be like yeah no thank you and then he'd come back like how'd it go She's just stupid slut I think the issue here is that you wish she were more of a slut. I don't think you understand what that means. Her standards are blocking you out, yeah. which is the upsetting thing to you. <laughs> so, never mind. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's a great, it's a great misuse of that. If there was anything else in that question that I left out, did I read that? Oh, just that we have mentioned this, but I do think that a big block to being happy as this psychotherapist said when people come in is the expectation that not just something because we kind of realized at some point that money's most of us that money's not going to do it <laughs> maybe i was like god damn ben's greedy <laughs> with achievement we kind of realized but very few people drop the idea that someone couldn't make them happy yeah, yeah. whether it's a husband wife or children and that's kind of, we've talked about this at length i don't wish to beat the horse to death but getting past that and realizing like if you're going to get into a marriage or a thing it's for you to give love it is not for you to finally be completed by finding your person or yeah. having these children who will be there because otherwise you're just messing everyone else's life up yeah bad reason so that's my thoughts on the whole thing good luck it sounds like you got the right the right answer from that well maybe except drop drop the gender yeah anger it, it actually wasn't anger i think it was he was describing a past his initial, like his chain of reactions it. to it was like frustration. I can't believe this. Got and then realization. Yeah, because there's like, I realized that self-love is the answer because mm. only love can come from me. And then there's like, I've realized self-love is the answer because the other group is sucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right. Don't that do that. Wasn't, that wasn't don't do the that tone that one. I read into, it. into the comment. Cool. Uh, but do you have anything else before we do? No, it's ripping the current stories. events. Stories. What we got? I see. Is that TMZ up on the computer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you want to get straight into that one? No, Whatever. no, no. Let's just go down the list. All right. So let's go in order then. Um. A handful of YouTube creators are suing YouTube and Google for, this. De for demonetizing and age-restricting LGBTQ plus content. LGBTQ plus. Yeah. So I saw this only via H3. So I only saw their commentary. And well, sorry. So can I get some clarifying stuff? 
Why are they suing them? They're suing because they say that anytime you have LGBT, any LGBTQ things like lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender in the title, thumbnail or metadata period, the video automatically gets flagged and demonetized and age restricted. Mm -hmm. um, and these are, you know, some of these videos are sort of educational and they're not like sexual or crude. And what is YouTube's response to the lawsuit? So they have this lawsuit. They, uh, a spokesperson said no comment. So there's no comment. But in the past, they have um, responded to similar claims by saying that's not true, that they don't automatically flag um, LGBT content and that it's just sort of. Yeah, sorry. It's, no, no. It's, OK, that's helpful. Yeah. So they say it's not. Well, the case. so and this this is interesting because. There is. This is a higher order question of what is YouTube's role and what do the advertisers want slash have to do? And then, of course, because there, there was months ago, we talked about Steven Crowder, right? Mm -hmm. Who was saying, uh, you know, mean things about this reporter, right? And that he was gay, using the word queer to describe him in a way that was not nice to him. And there was a big push to get this demonetized. So now it's, okay, do you want us to be the arbiter over what is educational and what is mean? Because guess what? If you go to Kentucky and you ask people, hey, is this video educational? They go, no, this is sinning. <laughs> this is. Mm. So what is YouTube's role? I well, think... apparently not young people. Small caveat. Apparently, apparently when you go to like age 20 and under, the idea that gay is bad has kind of been phased out. Even, even in the red states yeah. has gone away. Yeah. So in any event, we have uh, what is YouTube's role, I think, is the question. And then you want to just kick it back and you go, OK, let's let. I, I don't know. Did they did they need to create this platform and this idea that is things? The other thing that was well, it's, it is actually interesting because so let's say there. What is the gay population? Twelve percent of the population? I don't ten uh, ish, eight to twelve. I don't know. Okay, so and then let's say that there's another thirty percent of the population that is that is not gay, but they're upset when you use the word queer, right? So forty two percent of the population thinks that Stephen Crowder's stuff shouldn't be monetized. So YouTube demonetizes them. But they. Did, did demonetize, didn't stop his videos? Is that didn't take did? him down, did demonetize, yeah. right? Cool, we're all happy with that. But then let's say that these people have 42% of the population that doesn't like their videos, yeah, yeah. so they get demonetized. But now that, And now that's upsetting to them. Well, the other thing is, the YouTube would like to monetize everything. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube wants 10 ads on every video if you'll just watch them. The issue is that people get on Twitter and scream at the advertisers to say, you got to pull your money out of YouTube unless YouTube does something. So YouTube is really does not, they would love to have ads on all of your videos. Yeah, yeah. There's a system of pressure that's on them. Three dudes to, kissing, ads. <laughs> ads. Dropping the F-bomb all the time, ads. ads. They would love that. Yeah. But there's all of this pressure coming from consumers pushing on advertisers. Sometimes I think the advertisers just go, this is a great opportunity to drive down ad rates. Like, let's just pull money out. Oh, well, that's the thing is it's it's <laughs> the adpocalypse is very convenient yeah. for advertisers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're very we, happy. What if we had to pay one tenth? They're very happy paying. to run with the scandal. Go, yeah. Everyone pull your ads. Oh, my oh, gosh. Rates have fallen. Said a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> we must go. Yeah. So I think certainly to ascribe malice to YouTube doesn't even make sense for them economically. Now, the other thing, the criticism that I heard, which fortunately we're not deep into because we are so PC, uh, you know, family friendly, but a lot of YouTubers being like, welcome to the club. <laughs> like all of my stuff is demonetized. I do the most random non edgy thing and it gets demonetized. So 
talking about sex in any capacity or like things that are implied in that, yeah, it's going to get demonetized. Two people kissing, I wouldn't have a guy and a girl making out. Why would you why would you expect two guys to not get demonetized? So that was the feedback that I saw on it. I don't really have a strong opinion. The one thing that I heard within the video which was com confusing to me is Okay, YouTube is infringing on our free speech. I'm not sure about that. I'd be really interested to see if leaving a video up, if it's not affected by the algorithm, but not allowing it to be monetized is a free speech issue. I'm not certain. But in general, you're pretty aggressively pro-free speech. I'm pretty pro-free speech. Yeah. I, like, don't take stuff down is, is generally my... Yeah, you're saying if you want to talk about you want to talk about the orgy you had, you want to talk about how hard it is yeah. to come out, you want to talk about how much you hate Charlie Hooper, yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to talk about whatever... Like, as long as people aren't making up lies, you're totally cool with free speech. Yes, I would say the, the what are the edges of that? Inciting violence, slander, libel. You know, th those yeah. would be the things that I would... Yeah, don't lie. Don't encourage hurting people. Uh-huh. I think that's a big one. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, I heard that there was a portion of the case, which I think I saw in the video, which was one of the guys saying, they're not protecting us. It doesn't feel like a safe space. I don't feel safe here, which to me is like, whoa, 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 whoa. You get to choose one of these. You get to demand all things free, or you get to curb free speech and say, I don't like this. You don't get to do both yeah, and then what just if put I yourself say, at the epicenter of, I decide what's good. Yeah, yeah, but what if I could say whatever I wanted, but then I could also <laughs> make sure other people didn't Couldn't. say things I didn't like? Yeah. Why can't I do that? Well... That's a good question. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think what you have to do is apply the Rawlsian thing of, or even the Kantian of the categorical imperative. Like, you get to pick a rule for everyone. Yeah. Pretend you don't know who you are. Ben Altman can say whatever he wants. <laughs> and ben Altman gets to choose what gets taken But then down. you get reincarnated into a body that's not Ben Altman. Well, I would change. <laughs> I would change. I'm just saying it seems very reasonable. I think the only issue is they've picked themselves, yeah. and they should have picked me. So I thought that the most confused thing about it that I saw was that point. The the issue of are they demonetizing? I actually do think it comes down because I could imagine a world where I don't think it's the case where YouTube is aggressively censoring this stuff. I don't know the facts. It's possible. Doesn't seem likely given their yeah their profit motive. It's also super reasonable <laughs> to want that. Uh, it's not a reasonable position to hold, but it's like I get it. Mm -hmm. You want all your videos monetized. Me too. You want to say whatever you want, and anything that's said that's mean to you, about you, you want to get taken down. Like yeah. That is, I mean, jokes aside, like that's exactly how I'm sure I and everyone else feels. Yes. So yes. I totally get where you're coming from. The question is, what is YouTube's role when two people who both hold that feeling have disagreeing viewpoints? Yeah. Because like... And they both you, say the other person's wrong yeah, yeah. vehemently. Yeah. And so YouTube's in this weird spot because they're just a, a corporation. You know what I mean? They're mm -hmm. just a profit generating machine. They do. Like, I'm what? so not jealous of YouTube. I, this made me realize because they get it. These guys think that youtube is is pushing towards a fascist agenda and if you go to the other side they think that youtube is the most leftist trying to drive our into a, a dystopian community where no one can say or think anything yeah, yeah what a miserable way to wake up every day to tweets from opposing sides telling you yeah. that you're a shill for the other side well this is the tough <laughs> thing is you just have to assume that whatever your whatever your desired policy is someone that's your opposite has the same desired policy but and then they so, scream false equivalency. That's a false equivalency, you know. And they scream at it, and it's. I'm just. I'm. It's. It's such a bummer of a position to be in. I did look this up. I heard they were not profitable for a very long time. YouTube. Yes, for a very long time. They may have turned that corner, but then of course they get 
bash with this adpocalypse all the time. I'm surprised that YouTube wouldn't just find specific advertisers. Like surely there are advertisers whose demo is homosexual LGBT you, To be people. clear, they have a mature con rating content. This is the thing that we haven't done that I want to do. If you want to understand the YouTube algorithm for real, create an advertiser account. That's going to teach you all about how this thing actually works. So this is how people have found out that they have ratings that you can't see. They have an M rating for mature, and you can choose, I want to be on M rated videos, or I don't want to be on M rated videos. Uh, that's, that's a thing I'm that saying, they- I don't know the brands, but you would, I would think that what YouTube should do is be like, do you want to advertise to everyone? Do you want to advertise mostly to conservative Republican people? Do you want to advertise only to the LGBT community? They have community? that. And, and I don't know that their videos are totally demonetized. They might have gotten that yellow, which is limited ads, and only the advertisers that click. Now, the big ad spenders are Procter & Gamble, these massive corporations that just go G for general. I just want to put my stuff in front of Housewives. Sure, I was just thinking so someone. I don't know the brand, but like Somebody someone does. must want to have just that community. I would be interested to see the pie chart. This, this is actually what would be fascinating. The breakdown of videos on YouTube and where they fall into and what percentage have no ads and what percentage are just only people who opt into this get get ads yeah they're i think everyone that's not a youtuber is officially over this time. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> we've gone we've gone deep so last thought uh we are not mature which is why we have decent ad rev <laughs> so no swearing ben yeah yeah well <laughs> the podcast is a separate business from charisma to be fair we've you know how much we made this month on ad rev from the podcast yeah how much uh i'll give you a hint we could both go to chipotle Really? We made money? If we don't get guac. <laughs> I didn't know we had made money at all. <laughs> we could both get a Chipotle. Let's do it. Thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs> this burrito is brought to me by all of you. <laughs> this guacless burrito. I appreciate you. I didn't even know we were monetizing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 18 bucks. <laughs> anyway, what's up next? <clears throat> that makes me so happy. Yeah. So, Conor McGregor uh, punched an old punched man in the face. In April, yeah, I saw this. Oh, you saw the, do you want to watch the video well, now? Or? Wait, this is what I think is interesting, though. Angel, read, read the story. So, um, he bought a round of shots for everybody in the bar of whiskey. Uh, the man rejected it twice. And then the camera, the, close, the closed circuit camera, cuts to him punching him in the face. Um, and there's sort of no in between. <laughs> it's just rejects it. shots, gets punched. Nice. Yeah, because I, I thought it was interesting about this is the story that was running was that that he punched him in the face because he said his whiskey was bad and then it comes out that actually what happened was he said that the russian ragdolled you or whatever is it true that he said that my point is just again fake news no one knows what was said but this happened in april yeah it's gone viral in august that's right yeah. i don't know what month it is it's gone viral in august and no one knows what the guy said and it's just another hilarious example to me of misinformation because tmz yeah. is just going to run whatever title gets the most views sure sure and i don't know and i, I guess i should learn to not jump i i am have kind of had it up to here with connor's oh yeah i'm sorry no matter stuff. what the guy case this is no no obvious... no he might have spat on him we might not have seen him you know like who knows what happened when that thing was off you've seen a bunch of videos of dudes spitting on other dudes and like Honestly, even when a 90-year-old man spits on you, I don't think you get to cold cock him. He might have open-handed. Scott, let's play, let's play. This is old. This is not a young gentleman. Sure. Who knows? Uh, my point is when you get those video cuts, uh, you can you can take things out of context that yes. your imagination cannot cannot show you. Let's I've never been spit on, but I've also never punched a 7-year-old man in the head. 
aggressor? Is that oh, McGregor? No, McGregor. <laughs> I can't read it from here. <laughs> He's drinking a beer. He's a beer guy, you know? Is this in Ireland? Yeah. Okay. The most shocking thing to me is this dude didn't press charges. He had a free, just a free million dollar handout. Yeah. And he didn't take it. That's the craziest thing. He does not care. This I've never seen fewer people react to Conor McGregor. No, he's, I mean, you can tell he's kind of like wishes that he weren't there. Yeah, dude, what's that about? It's not the guy in the front, but it's the guy in the back. Yeah. Bop! With the left, too. To be fair, this he guy took also it on the takes chin. it like a chin. Took it on the chin. That thing's knocked out pro fighters. This guy doesn't care at all. It's not, he's not even looking. That's the oh, other thing, dude. Oh, God. Don't punch guys that aren't looking. It's such a, so ridiculous. So, the sucker punch is so weak. Yeah. Oh, man. I have, I. It looks bad. We it looks there. bad. Surely there are circumstances that explain it, but also there's a chance Connor's just a huge dick. Has and he always been, or has he been more of that? I don't know. The dolly stuff? I don't know. Next. Could I don't, be, I don't want to keep. Could be alcohol. I don't want to speculate. I, I don't know the whole story. There is no sound. It's it's tough to say, but yeah, it Dude. looks bad. Yes. It, there is an explanation, maybe, but also like you that's get a to pretty beat old, people up in the that's cage. That's a pretty old gentleman who's sure. not looking. Just fight in the cage, man. It's been two years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you don't have to throw things at buses or hit old dudes. Yeah, all it's right. ridiculous. What else? Uh that's all I have for this current events this week. Whoop. All right. Do you guys want to do fan questions? Sure, let's do it. So one of them uh, you already answered earlier, it just sort of oh, wow. in, in while talking. So I only have two, and I have to what be was the honest. One answered? Uh, it, about sort of not having um, wanting to change, but not wanting to change. Because this question is about um, I want to have charisma, but I don't necessarily want to do the things you're telling me to do. Oh well, we actually I, we we talked about it and we kind of laughed about it, but I think we oh, yeah. Do you, to, do you want me to read the question as sure. is? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this comes from Powell. I believe that's how it's pronounced. What if I'm learning charisma and I find some principal technique for some people it could be being louder that doesn't feel like it suits my personality character or character? Like, I don't want to be seen like that, not because it's uncomfortable, but maybe because of my values, beliefs, genes, experiences, or something like that. And what's more, sometimes I bother that I can learn a habit that won't fit my nature and I won't feel good about myself because of it. Mm-hmm. That is your choice, sir. <laughs> you don't have to change anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think so. I think that there are you. There's there is more than one way to be charismatic for sure. But what the the advice that I gave earlier, the try the puppy, I think is the best here. Which is, you're not stuck. <laughs> yeah. If you do something that doesn't fit your nature, and you go out and you get amazing results from the people in your life, but you go, this isn't me. Guess what? You can just be different back to the way that you work yeah. tomorrow well my thing i almost go with the flip side of like you don't have to change anything mm -hmm. i would never say that the entire population has to be charismatic you just have to live with the results of your behavior mm -hmm. and that's true of all things that's true in your relationships your wealth whatever it is so if you are unhappy with the amount of money you make you should probably try a different wealth creation tactic. Mm -hmm. If you are unhappy with your relationships or your, the reactions that people give you when they don't know you and they're just meeting you, you should change how you present yourself. Sure. And that doesn't have to be a change to your core values or your religious beliefs or any of that, but just live with the results of your behavior. And if you don't like your results, then change your behavior. Yes. Now, and well, here's what I will say. I, 
in, in an attempt to, to uh, rather than just go, well, forget it. You're not ready. <laughs> you know, you, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I wasn't always loud. Mm-hmm. I also didn't always get great yeah, uh, yeah. receptions from people that I was yeah. meeting for the first time. People not dislike me, but just with like, oh, yeah, that's just a guy. Here, here's what you found is that what is natural and what you think is natural and core to you or what you thought at age 20 turned out not to be natural and core to you. No, it's just a habit. What's out, funny is it's all just habits you've easy. already accidentally exactly. accrued. Exactly. So, what, so my philosophy is you might as well purposefully accrue some habits that get you a life that you like. Sure. Because I wasn't born sarcastic. I didn't come out of the womb a dick. Mm-hmm. But through my early childhood, I acquired a sarcastic sense of humor, probably because I was pretty unattractive and quite small and I felt insecure. Mm-hmm. That said, at some point in my life, I got some pretty aggressive feedback from mm-hmm. my friend group that was, hey, you're a sarcastic dick and we don't mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I had to make a choice. And it was tough. I sat in your car and I remember talking to you about it and saying, I feel like sarcasm is core to who I am. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is who I am. And I would be betraying inside. myself to change. Yeah. I remember it vividly. And, and that is how I felt. But I went, at the same time, I don't love that all these people dislike me. And I don't feel like I have a great group of friends and I don't feel like the leader of my friend group by any means. I will try a different tactic. Mm -hmm. And turns out that what I thought was core to my being was actually just a habit I picked up at a young age. Yeah, I think think that's the most, if if you had to take one thing, it's that the things that we often think are natural, I would say 90 to 95% plus of it are habits acquired in elementary in middle school yeah if you're quiet it's probably just because you got some feedback at a very young yep. age maybe two yeah. from your parents because you said something loudly and they shushed you mm-hmm. and that internalized to saying that if you're loud people I will am hate a, you and i am a quiet person now yeah, okay yeah because you picked it up at age yeah. two yeah you know but what you will find as ben found is if you have the courage to try something new out you will see that you are still there doing these different behaviors getting potentially results that you much more like feeling happier about it and it's still you you're still there like you have not given up your essence and the wonderful thing about this is it's not a one-way street if there's ever anything that you do and you go listen i've been doing this and it just still doesn't feel right i don't want go ahead go back you know there's i do believe that there are things which are perhaps innate or more more difficult to change in oneself but people vastly overestimate what that is and especially when they include things like being gregarious outgoing friendly there was no one quieter in our high school than you yeah the (laughs) only person you talked to was me no like you were a wallflower yeah to the point where women would say charlie's really cute how do i talk to him can someone tell him because he's never spoken to me and we've had classes together for three years yeah like i was a quiet boy so and, and i'm sure at the time you would have thought that was just how you were because yes. that felt natural. Yes, yes, exactly. And so I think expanding your idea of who you are to not be just these things that you might have picked it's up along like the way. It's kind of like putting on a pair of clothes at a young age and then just thinking it's your skin. Yeah. And then especially if you don't get the shower and then it gets stinky and you go, but this is me. It's like, no, you can like. Yeah. Weirdly enough, you <laughs> like, can just strip it away, shower, and put on new clothes. Yes, yes. And if you don't like it, you can wash those and put it back on. <laughs> or not. Keep them stinky if that's really what you like. Keep them stinky. Yeah. So hopefully that helps. What else we got? Zayna wants to know. Zayno? Zayna. Uh, uh, thought it was our animator. Oh, thought it was Zayno, yeah. No, Zayna Lee. We're excited for you too, Zayna. <laughs> you just haven't animated our videos before. <laughs> Zayna wants to know, does charisma on command have the same quality for women as it does men? In other words, can the lessons be modified for women? 
I, I 95% yeah. of the lessons don't have to be modified. They just are for people. I, I agree with that, particularly the ones that are higher level mindsets. Now, the one thing that I've been shocked by, we've talked about this, is cultural differences. I didn't want to promise anything. I've been shocked that Russian people seem to really like our stuff, which, yeah, yeah. which I've been blown away by. A uh, lot of South American people, too. Portuguese channels crushing it. Yeah, Spanish, yeah. And this is, people don't have to watch our videos. Well, it's funny. Is these, <laughs> these, we'll, and we'll get back to the gender thing, but the cultures that I would have thought would reject it because mm -hmm. they're more stoic cultures, Russia, Norway. It turns out, apparently, surprising to me, if you act the way that we describe in the videos, even though it's not normal behavior, it is well-received behavior. Oftentimes, That's yeah. what's been really fascinating, this feedback from these people from these countries going, dude, people love this. They yeah. love that I'm so outgoing. Do you see the video that someone from... Uh, one of the Nordic countries sent us, I think he's a Charisma University guy, where he walks around with a camera asking people to smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. People are so jacked up. Yeah. So so anyway, so yeah, this apparently this works cross-culturally in a lot of countries. Many, I'm not going to say not everyone. Yeah. I'm definitely not saying that. But this is often a question we get is, hey, you guys do a lot of videos of white people. Could you do some different colors or different genders or whatever it is? And we act, the channel actually does have those. Um, but yeah, the advice is largely applicable to everyone. Uh, you don't have to modify you don't have to become quieter because you're a woman or smile less because you're a woman mm. you can just do the same thing that a charismatic person person do. yes so when it comes to public speaking when it comes to greetings when it comes to all those things i would say 98 percent of it's going to be the same maybe flirting, maybe right? you're flirting is the only different one flirting is the big difference yeah and that's that's one and then there's these lines between which is touch and that's one that's the only area where it's okay, this could be perceived as flirtatious, so we need to be cognizant of that. I, I will say I actually think there was a, a Charisma University comment from a woman who said she was worried that mm -hmm. the touch, she's like, I didn't think this was going to apply to me. And I've done your advice, and it's been incredibly well received. Yeah. And I think the important thing is at work, for everyone, you're, you're not ass slapping. Right? <laughs> it's like a touch on the shoulder, a touch on the elbow. It's brief. Yeah. And she said, she's like, yeah, it's, it's really strengthened all of my... And, and I don't think that has to be taken as flirtatious. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, of all genders, be careful. Don't have a lingering touch. Mm -hmm. Don't be seductive. But yeah, no, there's... <laughs> even the touching thing, some women have written in saying it's super helpful. Yeah. So, But the big, the big areas are flirtation. And how would I switch flirtation for women? This is hard because yeah, I this one, I will, I, it is different. It is absolutely different yes. what men and women do in the context of I'm attracted to you. I like you. How do I pursue this? Well, also, I wouldn't. I mean, we can try it, but I personally think you shouldn't ask a guy, mm -hmm. hey, I'm a woman and I flirt with men and you're a man. What would be, what would be flirtatiously attractive to you? You don't. You have no idea. You're, you're operating in the subconscious. I tried. Well, so I've tried to pay attention to this more than most, but still, I'm saying yeah. if you are a woman and you want to learn how to flirt with men well, find a woman who flirts with men well, or ask her or model her. Or Matthew Hussey. Apparently, people really enjoy his stuff. Sure. I'm just saying we can teach men how to flirt with women in a way that is well received because we are men who flirt with women. Mm -hmm. But I. I think the reptile brain makes all the decisions anyway. So mm -hmm. for me to guess why I'm attracted to a woman yeah. seems like it would just be a shot in the dark. And I could easily give you bad advice because what I think is that it's this, but what it really mm -hmm. is is this. So I would say for flirting, find someone that 
gets the results you want and then model them or ask them. I watched actually a lot of Matthew Hussey because this is a thing that I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched a video that sums it up and you can go to his channel. He, he talks about a number of things. The first thing that, and also where women start and where men start in the flirtation game is different. So also what is, just, to be, just to wrap this question up, this doesn't sound like it's about flirting. This sounds like it's about general charisma, in which case I would say smile, laugh, yeah. be loud, touch in a non-sexual way have the same posture it's, it's not um, slouching is not charismatic yeah. for women yeah. standing up straight is so it's, it's all the same is what i would say sure so the the things that he says for that help a lot of women are one warmth which is you're at a bar you look at someone smile like you'd be surprised how how easy it is for them to come up and speak to you the second thing this is just literally the video i watched last night was connection is and again this is we teach this <laughs> this isn't any different when you're having a conversation with someone it's not back and forth where did you go? Where did I go? Da, da. It's You elaborate on it a little bit more. You share how you feel. Not rocket science and not specific to either gender. And then the last thing is tension. And I think tension actually can be similar between different genders. It's, it's letting it be known. And this is something that uh, it will escalate as you guys get closer to making out or whatever it is that you desire them right before you act on it you you can it's, it's a smirk it's eye contact and then it becomes a statement of like you oh my gosh you look amazing you know it's like these sorts of things that let that other person know that you are interested in them create that tension sure uh, but i actually think for both genders the, the number one way to do that is there's a seven step thing right and you can't if you skip more than two steps it yeah, comes yeah, off yeah, as creepy. yeah yeah and that's again that's the same if you're a man. I think it's 12 steps. Well, there's steps. If you're a man <laughs> or a woman, right? It starts with a it's eye to eye contact, yeah. then it's hand to hand or whatever. And you can skip these. You don't have to follow the ladder. But again, that is applicable to men or women mm -hmm. if you're trying to move things forward sexually or express sexual interest without being creepy, is mm -hmm. to start small and work yeah. your way up and see how things are received. With signs of interest. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, mostly the same. Dating is different. Yeah, it's, is different. A, it's so interesting to me that people sometimes worry that it won't be, which I guess I get because society's kind of telling us how different we are. But yeah, yeah, largely if you just go try it. It'll and the work. reason that I say this is not because I came in with a preconceived notion. When people used to ask me this question, I go, I don't know. This is because a lot of women have signed up for our course and have written in saying yeah. that yeah, this is Actually, working. What's funny <laughs> is our, so far, YouTube channel is X percent guys and Y percent women. It's more the course is more skewed to women. On yeah. a, women buy on a higher percentage basis, Correct. which I think is interesting. Correct. Yeah. One more question? Yes. So, okay, with this last one, I'm going to read the question without the name first because I think you guys will have something to say about the, the, this person's name. So I'm going oh, yeah. to wait till you guys answer the question first. Okay. I don't, what could it be? So, um, <laughs> it's Henry. The secret person asks, how do you execute your vision? I have been floundering in self-doubt, procrastination, and depression. I tell myself, this is the day I will do it. And time after time, I never do. I get wrapped up in distractions. And then when the day is done, I realize or I rationalize that I'll do it tomorrow. The cycle repeats itself. How do I break this vicious cycle of no willpower and actually make my dreams into a reality? Mm -hmm. Thanks for uh, the deep analysis on charisma. It is a light for so many such as myself. All right. Let's hear the name now. No, no, no. It's, it's uh, yeah, I want you to because I want you to answer the question unbiased. <laughs> answer the question. Well, I, I, I suspect it's it a might long, shed some light on it. It's a long question. I, so what I would say is we have a video on motivation and willpower, and we also have a video on procrastination. I actually think those are fun. I, mean, I don't talk about it because it is fundamental, and sometimes people have gotten this area handled. But if you haven't, uh, 
you just got to treat yourself like you're your own employee to a degree and you've got to structure your incentives such that they drive you down the path that you want your current system is okay i'll just promise myself tomorrow and i'll get to feel good and i'll get everything i want i mean you're getting everything you want you're a crafty clever person who is making this work for you you get to sit around all day feel good in the evening because you're promising more later and only have moments of when you're not distracting yourself of actually feeling bad so what can you do well one you could take your primary distractions well, or let's say it differently or you feel bad all the time because you hate yourself for being a procrastinator sure. but for whatever reason you're not as bad as your brain has structured yeah. more pain with putting effort into something sure than with not so actually weirdly enough your brain may hate itself even you may feel mm-hmm. miserable you think you feel miserable but when you weigh that current misery against the concept of trying something makes this seem more painful to your brain and so you'll just stay in the misery sure so so there's a number of things that you can do to to switch that equation right to make this make more sense the the doing it to make it less painful than not doing it and yeah then you'll just move forward it's actually it's actually kind of like balancing an equation and right now we just got to tip the scale so a couple of things one what are your primary distractions and can you block them right we've talked about social media and all this kind of stuff put a price on using any of those distractions so anytime that i log on to an instagram or something like that ben gets a venmo yeah yeah. (laughs) that for five dollars i had a really frustrating month because i love the nba where i told you i'd give you 50 bucks anytime i looked into nba news yeah and i would find myself i'd pick up i go all right what i wonder what no it's not (laughs) worth 50 dollars. so for one week this is for one week tell a close friend that has a venmo or you can give them cash that Set an amount that you will pay because you can afford it, but you don't want to pay because it's too it's too much for you to want to give away. And say, I will give you these this much each time I log on to whatever thing or watch Netflix or whatever it is that you shouldn't yeah, be doing. Whatever's distracting you, and whatever you could, you're doing when exactly. you procrastinate. If I watch Netflix and you could even say before nine PM at all this week, just make it very crystal clear and make it a one week test run. So that's gonna give you a lot more time to not be distracting yourself. You'll at least have to find a different distraction. The second thing is then to incentivize what you need to do. So what you could say is I can watch Netflix or play my video games only after I do one small piece of whatever it is that moves me towards what I'm doing. You're likely running into a problem of chunking. You want to achieve your dream, and your dream is to have a 4 million, 5 million person YouTube channel. That's an imp- <laughs> where, where does one even begin? You want to have a ripped bot, all this kind of stuff. Start at the smallest unit. So when BJ Fogg, who does Tiny Habits, was trying to get, just trying to run, I was thinking this. He said, "Not I have to run a mile. Not I have to run two miles." He said, "I have to wake up in the morning when my alarm goes off and and put on my running shoes and tie them and tie them. If I don't go for a run, I'm done. I've done everything I need to do. I'm allowed to wake up, hit the alarm, walk across the room to where I already laid my shoes out the night before, put them on, tie them." And then get back in bed. bed. He said, I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. What he found was once he was standing up three feet from his bed with his running shoes on, he went, ah, screw it. Yep. So he would brush one tooth, right? Floss one tooth. Floss one tooth. Might as well do the rest. So you set up these incredibly tiny things with rewards on the back end. So, you know, if you put on your running shoes, and for you, I'll give you some examples. So say that it's you're trying to start a business. It could day, and each day it's going to be different. I recommend setting the goal the night before yep. or the morning of. So today it might be download the four-hour work week from Kindle, right? Don't have to read a page. Tomorrow we will read the first five pages. 
And if you want to read more, you can do that. So and what you you'll find a lot of times is once you get going. Yeah, once you bought it, you're, you're like, going. Ah, I'll just read once it. You've, once you're on page five, often mm -hmm. you're just curious about page six. Yeah. Once you're, okay, I'm going to run. Uh, I think James Clear had this. He said he was going to do one push-up. Mm -hmm. And he's very capable of doing more. But he's like, I'll just do one push-up. Once you're on the ground in push-up <laughs> position and you do a push-up, you go, it, I'll just do 50 of them yeah. or whatever it is. You know, like, yeah. So, so that's that's the thing. So, get rid of your distractions. Weight things on the other end. Keep it small, right? So, so you get this big incentive that you want, which is your Netflix, and it's a very small thing. Uh, and do it right now. That's the last thing. Is never. Tony Robbins has a phrase, which is never leave the scene of motivation without doing something that commits yourself forward. So, right now, as you're listening to the podcast, text your friend the commitment that you're going to make to them. Hey, if I use Netflix, I'm going to send you five bucks. Definitely check in with me this week because you could be making some money. You know, Whatever it is, as you're listening, pause this video and do it right yeah, now. Basically, what happens is people get motivated. They don't do anything. They just feel motivated. Mm -hmm. Then it comes time to take the action. Let's say it's a morning run and it's yeah. 6 p.m. now and you get jacked up. Then morning comes and you don't have the motivation. Yeah. So the, the idea is when motivated, do something that forces you you yeah. will take the action and so you're on the subway right now it's too crowded you're listening to this what do i do Just write the text message in your phone and to it your friend and for 10 minutes from now yeah. so 10 minutes from now it pops <laughs> up on your phone you copy paste it and send it yes or or just you know keep clicking send so it gets through i think new york subway should have service but if you do that right if you commit yourself forward right now to doing something small you will do something small and if you do something small every day it adds up to something big. Yeah. It's it's uh, weirdly simple. If and I think people just they don't chunk it correctly. So I hope that helps. Dope. Cool. Um. So okay. So I want to tell you what this person's channel oh. is called. So um. And I, I get the sense that their heart is in the right place, but they're kind of ripping you off. <laughs> this person's name on YouTube is Power on Purpose. And they'd like you to look at their logo. <laughs> this is not what I expected. <laughs> so instead of charisma on command, it's power on purpose. I, I love it. I was expecting, uh, like, never going to do it. You know what I mean? Like somebody with, like, a self-defeating attitude or something like that. <laughs> Take a look at their logo. <laughs> I recognize that. I don't recognize any of this. Oh, whoops. What are you doing? No, it's just saying that their logo is. Yeah, do you see the logo? On there? Oh, it's sorry, sorry. From Mars, which yeah, I'm fine with. I don't care. Yeah, go for I it. I respect it. Power on purpose. Oh, I thought you guys would think that was funny. Yeah, Dude, yeah. power on purpose. Get your million subs, one chunk at a time. I love it. Yeah, uh, I'm just taking a look at uploads and stuff like that. I'm totally down for this. I want to spawn a bunch of alliterating things that are letter <laughs> on letter. Letter on letter. Um. I love it. Yeah, and so Warriors what I would say, weekdays. let me give you uh, also some marketing suggestions. So I think what you're doing, honestly, which I, I don't mind at all, is you're trying to model what we're doing, but I actually think you're not, you're not, you're modeling the dressing and not the thought that went into it. So what I would recommend is you look up Eben Pagan, marketing step-by-step, -step, uh, because power on purpose i think is worse than charisma on command even though it alliterates even though it it does that uh you it you're missing the guts of what made charisma on command work and i'll tell you what makes charisma yeah. on command work people want charisma and oftentimes they say i feel charismatic when i'm with my friends yeah. but i need it 
when I need it. I need it in high pressure moments. So that was the thought. And the reason that we know that is because we interviewed 10 to 20 of our ideal people. These are my good friends, people that we wanted to do. And we did 10 interviews and I had a list of words there. I said confidence, charisma, lifestyle, design, da, da, da. I had 15 to 20 words and I had them rate. If I could give this to you and you were certain that I could deliver at it, at, a, at just like max it out for you, which of these would you want the most on a scale of one to 10? And charisma was rated like a nine and a half. So it's like, okay, this is a thing. And then in the interviews, people are like, I just want to be able to turn it on. I want to be able to do it in the thing. So yes, the alliteration is, per, is, purposeful. is purposeful. But the idea of charisma on command was it was supposed to deliver a benefit that our ideal customer was interested. Quite frankly, confidence on command, maybe that would have worked, but you get the idea. What power on purpose misses is that I don't know that there's a group that is looking to be powerful on, on pur- purpose. Yeah. They're worried that they have power, but they're powerful on accident. So <laughs> yeah. what they really want is that power on purpose. So anyway, all that to say that you're doing the right idea to model someone who's made it work, but you got to model the the building blocks and not the edifice. You know, like yeah. like it's it's structurally not sound. So so look up Evan Pagan marketing step by step. Look up. Running Lean by Ash Moria. Look up Four Hour Work Week. You probably read something like that, but I think those will help you uh, more than just looking at at our website. That's isn't that so interesting? That because I see people who copy our thumbnails and who copy our things, and they miss the actual point. They get it wrong despite copying what's happening because they're missing the mindsets. Mm-hmm. And so weirdly enough, I see these people who are, at sometimes I feel ripped off, but oftentimes I go. This isn't going to do anything. I don't mind power on purpose. That's You're awesome. Fine. Yeah. Some people will just steal our titles and our thumbnails, but upload a different video. But mm. with the, and a lot of thought goes into the title yeah. and thumbnail. So you feel like someone's taken what you spent time brainstorming, but then yeah, they're never as successful because they are just copying, they're copying the window dressing. And yeah. it's like, guess what? The video works with the thumbnail, which works with the title, which works with the text on the thumbnail. And we spent not enough time this week. Uh, <laughs> we spent uh, normally a lot of time. And actually, that's I'll just wrap with this. I noticed I didn't spend any time on the thumbnail this week, and it did not do well. I didn't vote on the final thing. I didn't, I didn't get involved with it. Uh, so it's just a reminder to me, bug me about this. I spend way too much time making these videos to mail in the title yeah. and the thumbnail at the end, which is what I always do because I'm always working on the next video, and it's a bummer because then they just don't. Well, they also, don't what we did this seen. week, we didn't, we didn't. You made the video, and then we tried to title it. Whereas yeah. what we should have done is had you script it, sit down with me, figure out what to call it, and then make sure that the video delivers on that promise. And it was close. Yeah, honestly, there's we. I could have made changes to this video that I think had a title that would have performed yeah, fifty to hundred percent better. I agree, but that's not what we did. We yeah. had a finished video, and then it was like, "Hey Ben, thumbnail this." Okay, what's the title? We don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's literally what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and it, and it was already recorded. The problem is that I've been very, like I said, we received almost 200 applicants. So yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been super involved. No, no, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying the ideal flow would be you script it, and then before recording it, we come up with the title. Yeah. Then it gets recorded, then we do the thumbnail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also, I don't know if it's interesting. What we haven't done is really talk about the business. I mean, we talked briefly about it with this power on purpose, but I feel. I don't know if it's interesting to our people. Let me know and say no. Don't. I just don't want to get like three people saying yes and think that that's the audience. Yeah, yeah. If you think no, just say no. Say no. Uh, in the comments, please, if you would like us to do an episode that kind of talks about the business and the psychology of the business and how it works and why we do certain things, 
it would be easy for us to talk about. It probably help us to really take a high level view and maybe be interesting for you guys. Yeah, but... yeah. Also, we might kill fan questions because no one's posting. So let us know. <laughs> you, seriously, let us know if you want to have fan questions or let us know if you'd think fan questions are boring. You just don't care. Cool. Because we literally talked about cutting it after the lack of questions posted. Dope. Peace, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.